We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Sooner Schooner in the Alamo City. How about it? For the first time ever, Oklahoma playing in the Valero Alamo Bowl. And this Sooner football practice report is presented by the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies. The visor looks magnificent on top of the interim head coach, the Hall of Famer Bob Stoops. Caleb Williams leading the Oklahoma offense against the Oregon Ducks tomorrow over at the Alamo Bowl. As a matter of fact, Sooners able to get in a a little walkthrough at the Alamo Dome in preparation for kickoff tomorrow night, 8.15 Central Time in the Valero Alamo Bowl. We are at the University of Incarnate Word where the Sooners have been practicing all week long in preparation for their showdown with the Oregon Ducks. You know my partners here, Teddy Lehman and Caleb Kelly has been with us all week. Gabe Eichert is going to join us for Sooner game day tomorrow. Oklahoma's 23rd straight bowl game. Never take that for granted. The 1999 Independence Bowl is when this sucker all began, this big streak. Sooners 6-1 and all-time against Oregon, and they beat them in a bowl game, the 2005 Holiday Bowl as 
as a matter of fact. Let's talk about the coaches off the top of this show, though, guys. Uh, when, I, when I think about the matchup, it's eerily similar where the two programs are. They have a head coach in place who's coming in, and they each have an interim head coach. Now, Dan Lanning is going to take over at Oregon, but right now it's Brian McLennan, the interim head coach, and, of course, Bob Stoops is the interim head coach. What about the opposing head coaches in this game? 190 wins, a national championship, and a Hall of Famer, and a head coach on the Oregon side who is coaching his first game as a head coach, Teddy. How about the – I mean, you, you couldn't have almost two more opposites who are heading up these programs. How does that dynamic play in this week? Well, I think it definitely plays in. I don't know exactly how. I mean, Coach Stoops, uh, the ability to, to come off the bench, so to speak, and step out here, I mean, this is this is old territory. This, he's, he can do this any time. And, and the stability that he's – He's brought to this situation. Um, I, I don't think it can be replicated. I, you know, Oklahoma, the fact that we've got Coach Stoops kind of waiting there uh, to bring stability to a situation if we need it, no one else has that. Oregon doesn't have that, and I think that is a big advantage for this football team, honestly. You know, everything was crazy when it went down. Coach Stoops steps in, uh, brings that stability, um, and I think there's some excitement with these guys being able to play for Coach Stoops whenever he steps back out there. Like, I couldn't imagine if Coach Switzer had stepped out there <laughs> in a game whenever I was playing and be like, oh, my God, Coach Switzer's here. This is amazing. <laughs> so there's got to be a level of that with these players out there. It's pretty cool. Today's focus, we're talking about the most important matchup during this game that we have to watch. And I wanted to touch on the head coaches because that may be the most important matchup in this entire game. But, Caleb, from your perspective, a spot on the field, offense versus defense, a, a particular position group that you think is important, what's the most important matchup in this game? Yeah, I think it's always going to be O-line versus D-line. They kind of set the tone. Uh, whoever can run the ball will have the ability to pass the ball, and whoever can stop the run it can put them in those long third downs. And so I just think whoever is up front having a good day, I I think that's who's going to win the game. It always seems to come down to that, Teddy. Is there another area that we need to keep an eye on as well, though? Well, just to take that a little bit like more detailed, one of the matchups I'm looking for is Kennedy Brooks versus Sewell, the linebacker for Oregon. That's mm -hmm. two really good players. There's, they're probably going to meet a couple of times out there, see if Kennedy Brooks can uh, shake him maybe once, run through him for a first down or a touchdown. I think that's going to be really cool. And there's going to be some other good matchups out there as well, some skill position guys going at it one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and the two quarterbacks, you know, you've got a freshman against a six-year guy, so it's kind of an interesting dynamic there as well. Our top storyline today is it's the final countdown. I mean, we're in the final 24 hours now. You have nearly a full day to wait to play this game. It's an 8:15 kickoff, mm -hmm. so you got all day still to kind of brood and stew in your hotel room before you get to go out and play that game. But, Caleb, what are the final 24 hours as a player? You're going to be a player coach and broadcaster for this game. <laughs> But as a player, what are the final 24 hours going to be like? Yeah, I, I honestly like the 11 o'clock games because you get to wake up and go right away. Because if you get too fired up too early, you can kind of burn out, in w whether it's at halftime or whether it's in the first quarter even. And so I just think making sure that you're taking time to rest, whether it's a nap, whatever works for you as a player, you just got to make sure you're handling your process because everybody's process is different. Some people, they play that one song and it gets them going. Some people, they got to think about about it all day, read their notes all day long. And so it really just depends on you. But for me personally, I was one of those guys that I could just hang out, talk
talk to people, talk to my family on the phone all day. And then once it was time to get on the bus, that was time for me to lock in, and that was time for me to do what I needed to do. It would help to have that guy that just jogged past us in this game tomorrow. <laughs> I thought about hitting the football if yeah. I had one when he ran by. I promise you he would score a touchdown somehow. It was DeMarco Murray that ran past us. Teddy, final 24 hours. The countdown to kickoff is on, so to speak. Maybe it's overhyped, but you've got to be in the right place at the right time mentally more than anything else, don't you? Yeah, you do, and and physically as well. You know, it's difficult whenever you've got a late kickoff and you get up. If you just sit around all day, you're going to be kind of, you know, a little bit of malaise going into the game. So you do need to get up and move around. I'm not saying go get an intense workout in, but you do need to get up and move around a little bit. For me, the last 24 hours was weird. I would go through swings of, oh, my God, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared enough and get into my notes. And then confidence, like, okay, I've got this. I'm good. And then, oh, my God, what if they do this? And just kind of back and forth. But whenever you start to gear up that final two hours, ramping up before game time, you're in the zone. That's kind of how I am for these shows. Moments (laughs) of pure and utter panic going through your notes and then understanding I've got professionals out here with me to handle the real heavy lifting on these practice reports. On today's practice report, we're going to focus more on the Oregon Ducks, more specific personnel. They're without a key cog. In fact, one of the best defensive players in the country for this Valero Alamo Bowl. But we'll talk more about the Ducks, a quack attack from the Pacific Northwest. The Pac-12 runners up just a few weeks ago as they lost that Pac-12 championship game to Utah. Where might their mental state of mind be? We'll dive into that next on the Sooner Football Valero Alamo Bowl practice report presented by the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health and Anheuser-Busch. And our community partners, Fowler Auto Group, OU Health, OG&D, and Coca-Cola. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies. Bringing the Sooner family to you wherever you are. Degrees online, on site, on your schedule. Jana King, the king of clean. Get Sooner Sports news and talk on demand whenever you want with the Sooner Sports Podcast. Exclusive interviews, post-game shows, and all things Sooner Sports. Subscribe today at Soonersports.com slash podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Sooner Sports TV personalities wardrobe is provided by Mizzen and Main and Class and Curve. Hair and makeup provided by Clementine Hair and Lounge. Welcome back to the University of Incarnate Word in San Antonio. Practice about set for the Sooners. Look at the student managers and student trainers who have given up their Christmas to come down to the Riverwalk and get the Sooners ready to play in this Valero Alamo Bowl. We appreciate all their hard work throughout this week and throughout the season, as a matter of fact. Getting to come on trips like this is special. It's kind of your reward at the end of the season. We've enjoyed our time down here. Trip to SeaWorld. You go see the Alamo and you go have the uh, Rico Riverwalk uh, cruise, which happened the night before. But now it's time to get down to business, and that's playing the Oregon Ducks. This is the Pac-12 runner-up. Utah beat them a couple of times rather handily during the season. Of course, Mario Cristobal has taken the job at Miami. They're a staff in transition to Dan Lanning. But where do you think the Ducks' overall mental frame of mind is, Teddy, coming into this game? Injured. <laughs> they've, they've had a ton of guys out this season. They've been banged up a ton. Uh, they've got a couple of guys opting out. It's it's a weird dynamic. Like for Oklahoma, the situation we've gone through, there's similarities, but 
I think there's excitement and energy with what we're doing. I don't get the same feeling with Oregon right now. It's a transition uh, with a bunch of guys that have been out throughout the season, uh, extended amount of time. They've got different guys that got an offensive lineman playing defensive line. They've got a tight end playing defensive end. They've had to move several guys around to fill some spots. So they're in a little bit different situation than we are. But it's a talented team. They're recruited really well out there. They've got some good athletes. They've got some good young players that I think they're going to give opportunities in this game. So it's, you know, it's the same thing for them as it is for us. You got to go out there and show your best. Whenever the film is on, you got to put the best that you've got out there, and they're going to be doing that as well. And perhaps this plays well for the Sooners, Caleb, in that Oklahoma's strength defensively has been stopping the run, and that's what Oregon likes to do. Oregon is going to face a Sooner defense that's 25th in the country against the run, and this defense you've been a, a big part of has forced 21 fumbles and recovered 12 of them. 21 forced fumbles is tied for the most in the country. That's been a huge part of success at stopping the run this year. Yeah, I just think it's a pride thing for the front seven, especially that we are always talking about how if we keep them under 100 yards, then we had a good game. And if we didn't, then we didn't. And so when you have that set milestone right there, 100 yards, we need to keep them under, it's something that is tangible for you to look at and you can know right away, are we doing what we need to do or not? And sacks help with that too. You mm -hmm. get to knock some yards back if, if you're doing that. So even in the past game, you could, you could push them down below the 100-yard mark. Now, big part of the run game for this Oregon attack has been at the quarterback spot with Anthony Brown. Interesting player, very athletic, spent three years at Boston College before transferring to play for the Ducks, but he's 63% completion percentage. He's thrown for over 2,600 yards, six interceptions, but 637 yards rushing and nine touchdowns. His ability to use his feet, how important is that for him? No, he's a playmaker, and they'll use him in the running game, uh, big personnel groups, multiple tight ends. Uh, they'll use pullers. They'll, they'll run the traditional power type play. They'll bring tight ends across the formation, split zone stuff. There's a lot of different looks that they have, and there's always a quarterback keep or quarterback play off of that, and it just factors right into the play action game as well. So he's a very capable guy. He's, he's not a great runner in the open field, but he's adequate, and he can make some plays with his arm. But I think this is where we have the best chance to get after him. Mm -hmm. Again, if we stop the run like Caleb's talking about and put them in some situations where it's going to be on his arm, I think some of our defensive backs are going to be able to tee off and, and maybe intercept this kid. Any comparisons in the Big 12? Maybe maybe guys Sooners have faced so far this season. Uh, that's interesting. I, I think, you know, Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State is an interesting one. I don't think... Anthony Brown is as explosive as Spencer Sanders, but their similarities, both athletes, both can make good plays, but both also can make really bad mistakes at really bad times. The running back is Travis Dye. He's an 1,100-yard rusher uh, this season. When you see the tape on him, what stands out to you, Caleb? I think it First off, I think it, he wasn't the original starter. So for him to come out and to have the year he's had, not even being the, the first guy, I think that just is a testament to the offensive line and what they can do with whoever's back there behind mm -hmm. him. And 
his personal success going in, in the way he runs, he's kind of got that old school swag where he's not wearing the gloves, not wearing anything flashy. He's just going to get downhill and he's going to get his yards. And so I just think make sure we're physical with him and trying to get the ball out too in the way he carries it. And so I just think with those two things in mind, it, it, it's important for us to do that. People love comparisons. Who does he remind you of? Oh, he's just like this guy or that guy. Do you see anything in Die, someone that you might have played against or watched? Uh, that's a that's a hard question. I don't know. It, it's hard, to, you know, the the white running back with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. It's something that is a staple, and everybody it tries to play like him. He's an amazing player as well. But I just think the way he's downhill, it even kind of reminds me of Kennedy Brooks a little bit. The mm-hmm. way he likes to get downhill, get yards as fast as he can. If you were calling the defense, Teddy, how would you set things up to stop this Oregon attack? Well, uh, just sound in the running game. I, I would I would have eight man boxes, uh, cover three, cover one, uh, mix it up between some zone and some man. It wouldn't get too elaborate. I'm not worried about the quarterback's arm beating us, so I want to be sound against the run. Um, I, I I would come after him in some run opportunities to try and get penetration, try and get some tackles for loss. Again, if we can, I, I think we can be good against Anthony Brown in the passing game just across the board. If we can get him into third and long and third and extra long, that's whenever the turnovers are going to come. So that's that would be my focus. We overcomplicate things, don't we, Caleb? <laughs> if you will stop the run just about every week, you got a good chance to win. Yeah, I agree. It's just football. That's how football is. If you can't run the ball, then everybody knows you're going to be throwing it deep, trying to make something happen, and you're probably behind on points. So if we stop the run, then we'll handle our business. This is an Oregon team, don't forget, that went into the horseshoe and beat Ohio State earlier this year. They are a dangerous foe. Don't kid yourself about what you saw in the Pac-12 title game. We'll come back and take a look at the defensive side of the ball for the Ducks when we return on the Sooner Football Valero Alamo Bowl practice report presented by the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies. The Sooners, one more day to prepare for this Valero Alamo Bowl date with the Oregon Ducks at the Alamo Dome just a few miles away from where we are at the University of Incarnate Word for the final practice. Sooners in their preparation work. Welcome back in alongside Caleb Kelly and Teddy Lehman. I am Chad McKee. So this Oregon defense is very good, but it's missing a lot of pieces, Teddy, in particular Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, he didn't play against Ohio State either, and that went pretty well for Oregon. So as you look at this team, rush defense pretty good. They've held 11 of 13 opponents below their rushing average. Is that the strength of this Oregon defense? Yeah, it is. Uh, They've got good, capable guys in the front seven. They've recruited really well over the years on both the offensive and the defensive line. And uh, it's, it's the same again this year. Physical group, uh, Sewell, the linebacker's a downhill player that adds a lot of punch to that front seven for them. They tackle well. Anytime you hold teams under under their average in the running game, it tells me that they're tackling well and they got support players, overhang players, your nickel-type guys, and your safeties that are rocking down in the box that can make some plays. So we say they're good against the run. Oftentimes, defenses like that are vulnerable to the pass. Is there any of that with this Oregon defense, Caleb? I don't know. I just think I think they have the fourth. They're fourth in the country in turnovers all all together, and so I just think 
with McKinley being back there and just the ability that he has to, to be around the ball and to get those interceptions, I, I don't know how, how it will be in the past game, but I definitely know that our guys have the ability to go out there and do that. You, you've got someone over here who's monitoring your work. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. want to make sure you're uh, – Talent scout. Yeah. Talent scout. That's yeah. right here. He, he knows a lot of people in this industry as well, Caleb. Coach Stoops is over here just to the left of our set. So, Noah Sewell, you mentioned him a moment ago. You watch him in the middle of that defense. When you see Noah Sewell coming downhill, 106 tackles on the year, what do you see, Teddy? Yeah, he's physical. He's a big guy. Uh, he's got the pedigree, obviously. He's a good, good tackler, good blitzer, super tough, runs sideline to sideline. He's good in pass coverage. What I've seen from him that's that's pretty impressive is, you know, a lot of, a lot of the younger backers on the play-action game really get sucked up. He's got good vision, doesn't bite on some of that stuff, has good depth in the passing game, and uh, he's, he's a playmaker, sideline-to-sideline side guy, and he's the leader of that defense. Just a tackling machine, basically, Caleb. Yeah. He's, he's in the picture frame every time you see him play defensively. Yeah, I just think him and then two guys that I don't think we got to mention that – interior D tackles, the mm-hmm. two of them, they were both all Pac-12 players. And so I just think with the, the three combined right there in the middle, I think they have the ability to impact the game more than is expected. Yeah, one of those guys is Brandon Dorless that you're talking about, an all Pac-12 player on the interior of the defense. You mentioned Barone McKinley on the back end. He's a takeaway specialist, yeah. leads the country with six interceptions. You've seen the film on him. What makes him a special player? Just his playmaking ability. It's hard to get six interceptions. I know Trey Norwood, I think, had five last yeah. year, and you see it's panned out. It carries over to the next level, and he's a younger guy. And so for him to have that success so early, it's a, it's good for him, and it's honestly just – it's good as as a football player altogether. Yeah, he's a ball hawk, Teddy. How concerned do you have to be about him on the back end? Well, the concern, I know this is broken record stuff, but it starts with the running game, mm-hmm. right? If we run the ball successfully and we can stay ahead of the chains, then I'm not worried about it. I think our, our passing game will, will have plenty of opportunity there. Um, I think some of the deep ball stuff, you know, a lot of times you think throwing it down the field is where a lot of interceptions come, but those are some of the easier throws. You just let your guy go, you rip it, put it in a spot where only he can make a play. It's the stuff over the middle, it's the digs, and whenever you don't have the vision on some of the underneath players that that give you problems, I think we'll be okay. I think the challenge is going to be up front. If we run the ball successfully, I think that the interceptions are going to, you know, not going to be an issue. But if we become predictable and they know we're going to be passing, they know what the situation is, they're going to be able to tee off uh, route recognition, be able to try and jump some of our stuff. How big a challenge is this for the Sooner offensive line against Brandon Dorless and that physical front for Oregon, Caleb? Yeah, and I, I think it's a huge one. I think it's a good opportunity for them, though, because sure. they've had a lot of ups and downs throughout the season, and I know it's in their heads a little bit to prove themselves. And so here's another opportunity for them to go out there, handle business. You know the tenacity that they can play with. You know who, who their coach is and Bill Beatonbow. And so I just think if they go out there and they handle their business, then and it, it just puts off a, a, a good – it sends them off the right way, I, I should say. How much you missing not be able to be out there this week? Hey, oh, every single day. And that's why I'm always around as <laughs> Coach Kelly or whatever role I'm in just because I, I love – my my teammates, I always say my players, like I, I am a coach, but my teammates and my friends, I love being around them, and I put in so much work to be with them. And so for me not to get to play in some of these, it does suck, but to be at least be around them and contribute in some kind of way, it, it at least is heartwarming to me. 
Don't have to wait much longer. It's Oklahoma and Oregon tomorrow in the Valero Alamo Bowl. We'll come back, wrap things up with a few hot takes, and get you set for kickoff tomorrow night. This is the Sooner Football Valero Alamo Bowl practice report presented by the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies. Welcome back. Sooner Valero Alamo Bowl practice report. Chad McKee with Caleb Kelly, Teddy Lehman, and special guest, the head coach, Bob oh, Stoops. You, you, have you been watching Caleb I, this I week? I had to come check on my man, see how he's been doing. How's Caleb been doing? Good? He's he's amazing. I mean, I think he's better than the three of us are combined on television already. We we had him on Fox Big Noon Kickoff, yep. and he tore it up. Yeah. Yeah, he's taking <laughs> Rob Stone's place next year. Uh-oh. Sounds good to me. Uh-oh. Caleb, what, what's it been like for you to be around coach in practice watching him go through all this again? Yeah, it's an honor. I mean, well, I came here – a lot because of this guy. Yeah. I mean, he was recruiting me. I, I, for a period of time, I would only talk to him because, I, you know, I was a five-star and I thought I was the hot stuff. And so I was like, I want to talk to Coach Bobby Stoops. I want to talk to him. And so now getting to be around him again and seeing everything he's gone through with the broadcasting, and then it, it's just like he keeps helping me out. He brought yeah. me here. He's helped me on, on set and getting into broadcasting. And, uh, you know, I love you. And so, I mean, he's my coach. It's awesome to be around well, him. I had to come get on with my two linebackers Teddy as <laughs> yeah, well so uh, these are two special guys so fun to be uh, fun to be here coaching and the players have really embraced me in a positive way I'm, I'm really uh, really feel blessed that I've had this opportunity how, how special is it I mean some of these guys that have been around Pat Fields Delarian Turner Yell Caleb getting to be around and in practice with these guys again yeah it's it's great you know there's a good number of these older guys that committed to me and and uh, started with me, so it's it is fun to be with them again. And uh, they're doing a great job. We've had a really good few days of practice, and uh, looking forward to today is like a Thursday practice. For you us. had to get on to anyone yet? You got you no fall back into that old no. <laughs> yeah, no, we haven't had any problems. Have you know, K- Caleb and all these uh, leaders on the team kind of handled the team in a great way, and. We haven't had any issues, so it's been real positive. You know, I, I know this is the first trip for Oklahoma to the Valero Alamo Bowl, but you got pretty fond memories of a 2007 game that was played in this same venue. You and then Sam Bradford at quarterback. Yeah, uh, 2007 game, uh, Big 12 championship game against Missouri. They were number one in the country, and uh, we put a big beating on them, 38 to 17, I believe. 38-17 in the championship game, Sam. Bradford had a big game. I remember Curtis Lofton having a big game and chasing Chase Daniels around. And, and uh, yeah, that was Missouri's only two losses of the year mm-hmm. were both to us. So they were number that? one in the country when you guys put the thumping on them just a, a few miles away from here. Uh, tell us about, you, you've seen this Oregon team. You, you've scouted them. Uh, you saw them play with your Fox Big Noon kickoff show. You were there live at the Horseshoe when they went in and won at Ohio State. Don't let the record or anything people might say about them. This is a good football team. Oh, absolutely. They're, uh, I saw them in the Horseshoe beat up on Ohio State. So uh, there was no fluke about it. Both line of scrimmage are really strong. They've got some big playmakers in, on every level on the defensive side. I heard you guys talking about them a minute ago. And uh, the running backs, uh, Travis Dye, a great running back with the, with the strong O-line. So, yeah, it'll be a challenge. They, their only losses, of course, two of them are to Utah. Uh, he's playing in the Rose Bowl, top 10 team. He's an excellent football team. So uh, we need to play our best to have an opportunity. But I, we're given, you know, the way the guys have been working – we're going to give, you know, I, I think we're going to be in good shape going into the game. 
Brent Venables, a great chance for him to be able to, to watch and evaluate a lot of the players who are going to be in this program for years to come. What's the communication like w with him right now, and, and how much has he been able to watch what you guys are doing? Uh, he's, he was at a lot of the practices back home. He went home to be with his family around Christmas, um, and, and then he's coming back today uh, here down in San Antonio for the next couple of days to be around the guys again. So uh, he, people think he's he hasn't been involved in the game plan or what we're doing, and, and he shouldn't be. That You don't want to start that way. Uh, but uh, he will be around to observe and watch the guys. You guys were telling a great story about Teddy Lehman's recruitment. Huh. Uh, I think it was about a week ago at a show at Rudy's. You remember that and what it was like to have this guy? Oh, yeah. Brent Brent put him through the ringer. Just, he did. And then, he did. And then we were sure, though. We said, we, you got a scholarship here at OU. So we're, we're awful glad he came. Yeah. He's a pretty good one right there. Yeah, both yeah. of these guys. No doubt. Different paths to the University of Oklahoma, both playing I'm, for you, Coach. I'm going to leave you if that's okay. Guys Absolutely. are waiting to start practice. So. Beautiful. All Thanks right. for Appreciate stopping it, by, Coach. coach. Best yep. of luck to him in that Alamo Bowl. The Hall of Famer, Bob Stoops. What a way to close it, guys. We get the coach on the set yeah. to uh, finish things off. I can't think of a better way to send things out, Ted. How about you? I was great. And I was watching last night. I saw some highlights of a bowl game that he was in. Had an awesome interception. Yeah. It was pretty cool seeing him out there running yeah, around. Special. you got to step into practice with him as well, Caleb. Yeah, it's about time for me to go. you got to get your coaching hat on. It's been fun all week. Don't forget Sooner game day, 9 a.m. on the 29th, leading you up to kickoff between the Sooners and the Oregon Ducks in the Valero Alamo Bowl. For Caleb Kelly, for Bob Stoops and Teddy Lehman, I'm Chad McKee. See you next time.